right. Are you ready, homie? Are we live? We all the way live. We're all the way live. Okay. Welcome back to Brown Kids. Mad witty. Yeah. What's up, y'all? So, yo, Patrick. What's going on, Jay? We have been kicking it for a couple episodes. We've been, you know, talking about Eminem, talking about moguls, been keeping it light and fluffy for the crowd. It's true. Let's get real today. Let's get real. Oh, before we get real, can I just say one thing? Uh, first of all, I want to acknowledge all the people that are listening to the pod on a weekly basis. We love you. You're amazing. Uh, along with fandom comes constructive criticism. And we're open to that because that means people care about the content, right? Let us know how we can improve. Please, please hit us up. You have our numbers because everyone who's listening knows us personally. <laughs> but um, I just wanted to make a quick statement about an omission that we made last week that I, you know, I was a little resistant to, but we're also open to criticism. And I think there was a great opportunity last week to talk about, um, during our conversation about moguls, we didn't talk about the ladies of rap, you know? And I don't want anybody to think that we neglected that purposefully because there will be plenty of content in the future about female rappers who are doing it big. So, uh, just sit tight. It's coming. Stay tuned. Jay-Z's married to Beyonce, in case anybody was confused about that last week. <laughs> anyway, shout out to everybody who's listening and loves us. We love you right back. Back to you, Jay. Let's get real. Let's get real. So today, I want to talk about the N-word. Let's talk about it. So we're going we're gonna to take you guys on a little bit of a journey. We're going to talk a little bit about why this topic's relevant, how it's related to hip-hop, in case... You didn't know. <laughs> People use it in rap music. Did you know about this? Rappers say that word. It's kind of everywhere. Fairly common. Yeah. And then we're going to get into a conversation about who the fuck can say that word. Mm, excellent question. All right. Let's get into it. Okay. Let's dig in. Okay. So talking about the N word. I watched the show recently. It's called Dear White People. Mm -hmm. And although many of the themes of that show I was aware of and in tune with, the show brought some stuff up to the forefront. And so it brought up this this topic, the N-word. And I'm not, I'm not going to get too much into the show because uh, I'm not trying to spoil the show for anybody in particular. Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm getting around to it, I promise. There's a lot of good shows on right now. But earlier this year, in 2017, um, there was a white sorority that had a video in which they were rapping to Kanye West's Gold Digger, and they were singing along and dropped the N-word. And then there was some commentary around that. Lots of it. So this is why I'm interested in this topic. On a why this came to my attention recently level. And then on a more personal level, I've talked to Patrick about this. So for any listener out there who doesn't know me personally, I know you don't exist, but just in case you do, I am a second generation Indian American and that is my brownness. And I come from a community of South Asian Americans who have used the N-word. And I've had some evolution in thought about the use of that word in our community and what I think of it. And I want to start talking about it. Right on. Yeah, I'm totally down to do that. Um, and that's great because the reason I even want to talk about this is because, you know, every couple of months, a few times a year, this, this happens. Some white person or group of white people do something highly questionable surrounding uh, the N-word in some form or fashion, some video goes viral and somebody said it who most people deem should not have. And then the burden gets pushed onto brown people, specifically black people, to talk about how we feel about this and who can or can't say that word and why. And I love the think pieces that come up around these things. There's always so many. Anyway, so uh, since uh, you, Jay, have a very particular experience with this word, and I'm very curious to hear more about it. Um, it's good to have a brown person who has a black background to give commentary on this sort of thing. So go for it. That's what I'm here for, man. Lay Perfect. it on me. Um, 
before we do that, I think it is helpful for us to establish why this is important for listeners to understand, like why this why this conversation that you and I are having is important at all. Um, so why does it matter who says the N word? You asking me? I'm asking you. <laughs> because words matter. That was that's the general answer I have for people when they ask me that. The same reason it matters who says anything. Uh, there's context to words, and. Uh, you don't just get to use them without thinking about it. I shouldn't say you don't get to. You can. You have the ability to do that. No one can legislate your mouth uh, much as they might try. But um, there are consequences for everything you say, both positive and negative. Well put. Thanks. And for most listeners, you probably realize that the N-word in particular has a dark history. Mm, sorted. Yeah. Yep. And... Uh, it's been used as a tool of abuse of power by people who once enslaved black people. And so it's really this word in particular, like where, you know, Patrick, you made the great point that words in general have power and meaning. This word in particular has a lot of context and history that is fucked up. <laughs> You ain't lying. So this is so this is the other reason why we're talking about this and why it's important to think about who should and shouldn't say this word. Okay. All right. So let me dive a little bit into my personal experience and Please. Patrick, I talked to you a little bit about this, but my very close friends, uh friends that I grew up around, friends that um I know and love, use the N-word to refer to one another. Um, they use the word, to my knowledge, exclusively with each other. Um, and so not outside of this circle of friends. Maybe they use it with other similarly minded South Asian American individuals. But I, I'm just not aware of whether or not they do that or not. And I've tried to reflect on like, you know, where did this come from? How did it happen that um, a community of... South Asian Americans who have not had anywhere near the terrible experience um, that black people have had in the U.S., why and how we ended up adopting that word, um, why we don't use any other word out there in the world mm. instead to refer to each other. Um, I'll add a theory, and I talked to Patrick about this, that as a South Asian American in a, in a country that is black and white, we felt like we had to affiliate with one or the other group. Um, and so a lot of us culturally began to associate with black culture. Um, and I think that in some way or form, this like led to the adoption of black vernacular. And I think that's how we got there. But I think now it's, it's still important to think and reflect on whether or not that's an okay thing. Mm. Oh, I like that. Okay. Um, so I think you actually um, preemptively answered the question I was going to ask you, which is how much influence does American rap culture affect an immigrant's decision to use particular words um, to refer to people that they people and cultures that they're being introduced to, um, whether it's their music first and then they meet people like this, and how um, children of immigrants adapt to the vernacular of the country that they've been born into and uh, what responsibility they have to the history of a country that their family is more recent to than the people who have been here a little bit longer. And it sounds like you think that there is a huge impact based on the music. So if that's true, where does the, because I don't know your friends, obviously. Um, I don't know who you grew up with, but I would venture to guess that they were not kicking it super hard with a lot of black people calling them the N-word, yes? So they were right. involved in the music culture of these black people, but not in their actual physical lives. Right, which is part of where, when I think about the problem of the use, and, and I think we'll, we'll dive deeper into this, but I think that that's part of what, as I reflect now, what seems to be part of the problem is that it was the adoption of the culture without adoption of the people. Mm. Man. I don't know why that phrase or that sentence just like cuts me so deep when you say that. Uh, maybe because it has a lot of validity and truth to it. Say more. 
um, I, I think it's really, there's so much accessibility when it comes to culture because of the way that the world is constructed now. Everyone is so interconnected that it's easy to see and hear things that appeal to you. And I think human nature is to want to adapt positive things into the way that you live to better your life. Uh, I think that's on an instinctual level that we do that. Um, but where terms like uh, appropriation and culture vulturing um, come into play is when people see those things and grab onto them without thinking about where they come from. And again, it goes back to what I said about knowing the consequences of your actions, positive or negative. And I think one way to become closer to a culture is to adopt things from it, but it's easy to do when you are physically separated geographically um, or even emotionally or mentally. I think it's easy to separate um, the source of what you, what you are acquiring for yourself and the meaning behind that, because the only people that can provide the meaning are the people from the source. So if you're separated, you're not even getting the purpose of what you're acquiring. Does that make any sense? makes a ton of sense. And I think that, um, so I'm talking about my minority subgroup, but it really hits on, I think, at the core of why it's problematic for other groups, period, to be using the word, and only scratch the surface of why it's a huge problem for white people to use the word. And that's a whole different thing. It's a whole different thing. It's a whole thing. different thing that it's I'm sure we're going to talk thing. about in a minute. Um, I want to transition now. We talked uh, talked a little bit about like my personal um, vested interest in this topic. Um, I want to transition back real quick to talking about that sorority video and some of the responses. So, Piers Morgan, white dude, just in case those of you who are listening didn't know that, uh, race ends up becoming really fucking important when we talk about who's talking in this conversation. Um, and so, whenever I can, I'll try to remember to like kind of clue you in on who was talking racially. Um, Piers Morgan's a white dude who's commenting on the occurrence of the use of the N-word in a group of white women um, and said essentially that it's Kanye's fault. He did say that almost verbatim thoughts. Oh man. Well, the first thought I have whenever Piers Morgan says anything about American culture is that Piers Morgan is not an American uh, by birth. He's, he's British for anybody who doesn't know. Um, so I, that alone fascinates me about the things he has to say about the way Americans live their lives. But then again, John Oliver is also not born in America, and we very much respect his opinion on things, so I shouldn't use that as a basis for disqualification. But um, as far as his Kanye comments, um, I, I don't want to harp on context too much, even though that's kind of the answer to everyone's inward question. So I'm not going to say, uh, I'm not going to use that as a crutch for this argument, but I do want to say that when you take the black culture, specifically someone from the black culture who has a public stage like Kanye West, who participates in the tradition of using the N-word in a way that is uh, not the intended use um, of the original definition of the word, and say that that has become some sort of malicious force in America uh, because he is popularizing it. Uh, and infecting people's ears through music and uh, sort of diminishing the impact by having it so widespread is uh, ridiculous to me because uh, no one doesn't know that word. Um, Everyone actually knows that word. People know that black people got mistreated and they were called mean names and they get a little bit older and they realize what that name was and they're taught by their parents not to say that word. So for Piers Morgan to say that Kanye West taught these college girls the N-word and taught them it was okay to shout it in a room uh, is just false. It's just false, man. It's it's blame. Uh, it's, it's misplacing the blame onto a victim and trying to make him into the villain. And this is like where racial lines again become really relevant and important. White dude blames black man for the misuse of white women using the N-word. Fuck that. 
<laughs> right? Like, right. absolutely fuck that. Like, I don't care what Kanye does, but at the end of the day, like, he is not responsible when white people decide that they can all of a sudden start using the N-word because it's prevalent through hip-hop. It's not Kanye's fault, and it's not hip-hop's fault. And so, like, I want to make that, like, as at least as an opinion, uh, but really as a fact, um, that should be clear. I, I love this. Like, so just remembering what hip-hop originated as and what hip-hop represents, um, at least historically, and maybe now that it's so mainstream, maybe people don't see it as counterculture anymore, but but hip-hop is counterculture. Um, and the adoption of the N-word into a positive, collegial, powerful collaborative word from what it was is like a representation of what hip-hop did to a word that had such a nasty history um, and really speak to the power of hip-hop so when a white man blames black people for the current use of the n-word man does he have it all wrong and it's hard because the the way that the word is used in rap music and this again goes to the the point about art in general really which is that because something is created artistically and it's available to everyone it doesn't mean that it was intended for everyone and the spirit in which it was created doesn't necessarily mean it's supposed to resonate with everybody that was something that started out inside of the artist. They had a creative impulse and they put it into some physical form that people could observe and hopefully appreciate. That doesn't mean that if you see a Van Gogh painting, you're supposed to like cut your ear off and think that that's like a cool thing to do. That's not what that means. You shouldn't do heroin just because Basquiat is just like, heroin's the best thing ever. <laughs> you know, like these are, these are things that are part of a person's artwork and they're to be appreciated. They're not invitations into exclusivity. Like you are not included necessarily. It's just inviting you into a thought process. It's not inviting you into the club. And I think people feel like because it's entered their earway that, oh, that belongs to me now. That thought and that speech, I can take ownership of that because I have, I have taken it into my body. So it is me and I'm a part of it. And that's just not true. So, so you can't victimize someone with something that is not, um, that's not a crime. They haven't done a thing to you. You have just been aware of something. So for Piers Morgan to say that Kanye West has like victimized these women with this negative language is again, false. So this, I feel like what you were just saying transitions really well into my next question, because so now taking a step back from white people's blaming of hip-hop culture there are many black voices that have stated that hip-hop has a responsibility to take better ownership of the n-word and to either drop it from the vernacular um or to somehow change their approach what do you think about that that's probably the, the most loaded question <laughs> of all of them really because i mean I said it before, you can't legislate the way people talk. And um, here's the thing. As a black person, you inherit the history of that word, whether or not you use it. it. That doesn't matter. So if you choose to, you are opting into whatever goes along with that. You're saying, I know the different ways that people can hear what I'm going to say, and I'm going to choose to say it anyway. And since you have inherited that history, it's, with, it's perfectly within your right to decide to exercise that word. Now, I personally abhor it. I don't use it. And it's disappointing to me when people that I know choose to say it, especially when I know that they are educated enough to know how hurtful it can be to people. Um, but at the same time, I'm not going to tell people who have been hurt how to deal with that pain. And if they feel like the way to exercise that is to, in their terms, use it as a word of endearment to people that they care about and want to add layers to its meaning, you know, that's up to them. I can't tell them not to, but I can tell people who have not shared in the persecution that that word was meant to inflict, uh, I can tell them that they are not allowed because it's not their inheritance. That is incredibly well put um and transitions into so i mean we were talking about these white girls singing this song um 
And what we weren't explicitly talking about necessarily, though, is whether or not it's okay to sing along to a song and use that word. Yeah, again, that's hard. <laughs> because, I, you know, I just said all that stuff. I say the N-word when I rap songs. Because, because of the inheritance part of, like, I don't use this in my day-to-day language, but I'm going to mimic this art because this art comes from a black place, and I'm part of this black space, yeah, so I'm going to use it. You've shared in that collective experience. Totally. Like you, one of the like really um, interesting thoughts that I that really resonated with me as I, as I was as I was reading um, to prepare for this podcast was that when other people use that word when like and so people that are not black that have not um, that don't understand the context that don't understand the history that don't understand the experience don't understand the pain that comes with that word they don't actually fully acknowledge what is happening when the term and the word is used. And that as a black individual, like you do, you, like your, your recent relatives were enslaved, that provides you the important, the relevant, the necessary context that comes with the use of that word, that nobody else can really understand and to think that like people are using that word um even if they even if they're just like quote-unquote just singing along um and not recognize all of that history it's i mean it's ignorant and if you're white it's actually it's painful hurtful and fucked up i keep coming back to that but it's just it's it's just wrong it is wrong and uh i think the word we're searching for is privileged here there we go there's the word yes Mm -hmm. i could Mm -hmm. i could see it in your eyes you're Mm -hmm. like i want to say that and there it goes um because that that's sort of the definition of privilege right to be able to put aside um any part of something that you don't want to accept just so that you can reap the benefits of it and that goes back to the history of the word uh, it's saying that, yeah, going back to the invitation, they haven't been invited into the space because they can't inherit that pain. But they're like, listen, 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 I hear you. You know, I, I get that all that stuff happened. I'm just trying to rap to a song, man. And because they hear it, they think they can just snatch it. And that's, that's just, I mean, it's true because they do, but it's it's false in that they should not be. At the same time, there are way too many black people in my opinion who are co-signing this behavior because they chalk it up to well that's just how kids are now you know that's just that's just they don't understand the history so you know you can't blame them for just singing along to a song and uh, i just detailed a minute ago why that's not true we all know the history of slavery and what the n-word means to black people so i don't buy that as an excuse this um this really hits on one of the things that i found really fascinating which is that as hip-hop gets more mainstream and hip-hop artists are asked to come headline festivals um these big music festivals have traditionally been largely white audiences they continue to be largely white audiences and then now hip-hop artists come perform their music many of who use the n-word pervasively through their music and will have crowds of white people singing along with them Mm -hmm. using the n-word and it brings up this new question because whereas like you know a video of a group of white women singing this song and using the n-word can feel really problematic suddenly when you're in this like huge group setting like what do you do and what is again i mean coming back to a little bit of responsibility but also accountability like who holds these groups of white people accountable and should hip hop artists do something differently to keep from giving a space for this behavior to occur? Man, again, a loaded question. I don't think, I don't think it's up to rappers to change the way that they behave necessarily. Uh, Because again, we call them rappers, but, that's just a subset of artistic creation. They're artists. And I, I don't, being an artist myself in a much different way, I, I strongly subscribe to the idea that it's an artist's job to provoke 
and that it's to be true to yourself as a creator. And I think to, to keep in mind people that may see or hear what you do is to do a disservice to what you're trying to accomplish. And I, I'm a strong believer in, in personal accountability. And it goes back to it not being about being a victim of hearing anything. Like, and again, no one is ignorant about what they're receiving. So I don't think, I think using, you know, Jay-Z or um, Kendrick, who's, you know, probably a little more consciously minded um, with his musical content, still uses that word. I don't think using them as an excuse for personal behavior on the part of white people is acceptable because they're aware of the consequences and there's no space in which they can take that word outside of wrapping it in that context where it would be acceptable. So if you can't take it with you, then why do you get to participate there? That's that's sort of what confuses me. Like you're at a concert, you're at a festival, and you're saying that word because you know the, the, they drop the sound and it's like you say the chorus and the N-word's in it. But then when you leave and you're in the parking lot talking to your friends, you're not going to be like, oh, wasn't that great? We all said the N-word together. Like, you're, you're not going to say that. You know, you're know, you not going to go to your job and drop the N-word on somebody. Like, that's, that's not a cool thing. So I, I don't see how that's any different. Yeah, like that makes so much sense. I'm listening to you and just like nodding my head and I'm like, yeah, exactly those yeah. things. Um, so to answer your question, I don't, I, don't, uh, I don't know what rappers are supposed to do, to tell you the truth. I, I, I think... I mean, they've been struggling with that for a long time. And whenever they're asked, I mean, I watched so many interviews in the last two days of rappers being asked what to do about the N-word. And if I've learned anything, they don't think about it that much, <laughs> to tell you the truth, because they don't have a very articulate answer for what to do. I think they're just like, hey, this is part of what I do. This is how black people talk to each other. And I'm going to take my life and put it on wax. And if people react negatively to it, that's their problem. I'm just going to keep doing me. And, you know, if white people at my concerts want to say the N-word, most rappers I've heard are cool with that. And, again, I personally have a problem with that. But, you know, it's it's their art. And they can say whatever they want about how people receive it. Right. Um, and so I think this, this ties well into, like, uh, the community, right? So, like, if, if a black artist is using the n-word in their art um and kanye as we've talked about prominently uses this um and there's multiple examples of him inviting white people into that space for the for the time uh the time constricted period of a concert um to have everyone in and rapping with him um he'll invite them into that space briefly uh, but they've been invited and it's his art and he can make with that space like what he wants um which you know again ties ties into this whole idea of the importance of being invited into this place this not not only this place of art but this this place in which there is a lot of historical pain uh it's unfortunate that probably when white people are invited into that space by kanye um they're not acknowledging um, that pain and that hurt mm -hmm. that comes along with it. Um, but at least hopefully, um, they're not walking out of that space using that word, as you said. Uh, but when they do use it uninvited, th then we've got like a huge problem. I think that's actually a good opportunity to talk about white people that have been invited by people in their community to use that word. Um, that's a dangerous thing because those white people leave those communities and continue to speak that way and they haven't been given a pass by the entire race <laughs> they've been given a pass by their friends on their block right and uh that's a little bit different so this is great uh i love this because this ties into my original interest right as we were talking about as a south asian american um and my use of the n-word and uh, my friend's use of the n-word uh, because we were talking about communities and you may have heard of this rapper named nav <laughs> nav yep my yeah. man yeah he's not really he's in the yachty category yeah nav uh i hate what you're doing for us uh but i guess there's a brown face in the hip-hop community Man, so why is Metro Boomin making tapes with everybody that we talk about on this podcast? I don't know. He and Nav had a collaborative album this mm -hmm. year. If anybody's interested in uh, what Jay's about to talk about, there is an album you can go listen to. Don't. <laughs> All right. Um, so, but getting into like the 
the meat of of this thing that I've brought up. Um, so Nav grew up in Toronto, um, I believe, and Toronto is known as an incredibly multicultural space, um, a space where black, brown, yellow, white people come together, um, share experiences, share their worlds, share their cultures. So what what happened, so this is per my understanding of Nav's story, is essentially that in the context of this melting pot of Toronto, Nav was invited by his community, essentially, to use the N-word. And he talks about how um, Asian um, a- people of Asian descent, people of Indian descent, and people of um, African descent all use the N-word. And they use it to each other. It doesn't matter. It's no big deal. And so Nav, on his first project, used the N-word a few times. I just put an eight in a leader with a white bitch sniffing on Bieber. Are you sure you want to party with the demons? Bitch looking for a phone, I ain't seen it. Told Frost, bring the water, no Fiji. Free sticks, I'm pulled up and I'm leaning. I got a couple pussy niggas in their feelings. Cause the main bitch want to come see me. She said she want more. Your girl is a hoe. You need to let go. She fucked on my bros. People didn't like that. And this ties in well to this idea, right? So you get a pass by your community. That does not, absolutely does not translate into greater and wider acceptance. Um, And this, I think, is such a prime example of what we were talking about before, Patrick, which is like, if you use the word and you don't understand the context and the history, I mean, one, you're prone to get your ass kicked. And two, you've really missed the power of the word and the power of language. Um, and you've inappropriately appropriated a culture. I like that. Inappropriately appropriated. That's a good one. I had to be careful with my pronunciation there. <laughs> No, I, th- I think that's a really good point. Um, there are a lot of people, particularly in, in the hip-hop space, that justify their use of the N-word as um, either having a shared experience um, growing up, whether it be uh, economically or geographically, or by saying, you know, my culture has a history of being oppressed as well. And I've been called all, all sorts of names, maybe even the N-word, by someone else as a means of demeaning me as a person. So I feel like since I've received that, and I, my people also have a history of oppression, I think I can opt into using that word. And to that, I would say you are conflating two things that are not true together. One is you have been oppressed. Whatever background you come from, you have been oppressed. The other is that black people have been oppressed, okay? Oppression is not exactly a common denominator. Not all oppression is created equal. Um, It's not. It's not. (laughs) And again, it goes back to what's our word of the day? Context. So I think this is actually really relevant for the Latino community in America because we have a shared... Uh, We are co-creators of rap music. Like, we made that together 40 years ago in the Bronx. It was blacks and Latinos who made that. So, again, going back to conflation, because black rappers use the N-word, it's like, yo, we have ownership. Latinos are saying we have ownership of hip-hop, too. Uh, I grew up in the same neighborhood with my homeboy who calls me the N-word, and he calls his friends the N-word. I'm going to opt in and say the N-word, too. And in that neighborhood, I bet you his black friends let him say it. His, him or her. And I, okay, I don't want to go off on anybody. But basically, go off. <laughs> go off. Let's go. Uh, I'm thinking about Fat Joe when I say a lot of this stuff because he's sort of the, um, he's sort of the oldest Latino pioneer in rap music that's still like kind of doing stuff. I mean, he's not super relevant going back to one of our favorite words on this podcast, but um, it doesn't devalue your oppressive experience to say that you can't partake in the way that we express what's happened to us. Maybe you don't have a word 
to describe it or a word that you can pinpoint that has been used to keep you down in the same way the n-word has for black people but that doesn't mean that you get to co-opt that and say that yeah we're going to use that too for what's happened to us right people treat us or we want to be a part of that too you know i'm sorry you don't have that but if you don't you don't but your, your experience is valid just don't try to jump into ours i think that that also speaks volume right so not all oppression is created equal the n-word is so derogatory that white people have used that as the base to create new insults. Um, and so putting the word sand in front of the N-word, and then you refer to a different type of brown person. And that's offensive because the N-word is offensive. Right. And so they they already know there's so much oppression associated with black people that then you just modify it a little bit and now you're now you're dissing a whole nother group of people Mm -hmm. but like that diss is just embedded in the fact that there was already so much shit that went down with black people um you're right that's what i wanted to say to dj khaled when he used that as his excuse for using the n-word he uses it profusely and his excuse is he's been called a sand n-word his entire life so he feels like he can use that word yeah and that was me making the point that that's not a valid excuse it's not so uh because again as you said, not all oppression is created equal and that's relevant and that is important because, you know, as much as I could say, like, you know, I am a certain color of brown and experienced some degree of oppression and I've experienced a fuck ton of privilege too. And my ancestors were not enslaved. Uh, the British Empire did some fucked up shit, let's be real. Um, <laughs> Occupation is, you know, it has some similarities. um but uh we weren't enslaved we were not uh you know we we, they did all sorts of weird stuff but uh they didn't come up with a specific term to dehumanize us and to make us less than um and i would bet that no british person at this point believes an indian person is inferior to them maybe we should get Piers morgan to write a letter about it Maybe there's a British person out there, but it's not prominent. Whereas, in fact, there are too many white people that continue to believe that black people are less than. And the N-word is intricately tied to why that's true. And it's because the N-word and all of the vernacular and belief associated with it has propagated this belief that black people are less than. There's an entire social organization devoted to that idea. Yeah. They're called the alt-right. Bad stuff. Real bad stuff. Yeah. And you know, and what is this bullshit with the alt-right? Like, I mean, come on, let's just, let's call them who they are. They're white supremacists and it's fucked up. Yo, white supremacists in the 21st century ain't as stupid as they used to be, man. They, they went to college and got marketing degrees. This actually ties in well to another point that I had. Um, Are we cool to jump? Jump. All right. Um, So as part of my reading about the N-word, one of the things I looked at was a website called Breitbart. Yep. So if you haven't heard of that, (laughs) our good friend Steve Bannon runs that bad boy. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, he may or may not be part of the alt-right. Um. I also went to another website, I think called altright.org, um, and found. Oh, look at them with a dot org. Yeah, that's great. That's that's pretty solid. Um, and also looked up articles uh, about the N word, and as I read it, I was like, "Huh, well, this isn't so bad." Um, and I found myself realizing that that's what's so bad, because they market themselves so they don't use the n-word in these articles and talk about how it's not so bad if people accidentally use the n-word that's a slippery slope it's really slippery it's a slippery slope and it's a scary slippery slope because if someone as woke and as left-leaning as me could read that and be like oh at least they're not saying the n-word that's cool because i went in thinking it would be like that bad sure that's a problem straight up propaganda yeah and it's it's such a, like Mm-mm. i look back and i'm like shout out to ashley and ian for like you know roping me in on that one um 
that scares me. This is how this is how you walk down a slippery slope and like, yeah, you know, people are just being too PC. Like people, sh- I mean, it's it was just an accident. Mm-hmm. You know, this mm-hmm. I forget who it was they were referencing, but this person um, used the term N word in a woodpile. Uh, they use this phrase. Um, Never heard that phrase before. Yeah, apparently it's like a, a Europe thing. Um, oh, they have their own flavor. It's like and uh, N words would they like this is how they explained it, you know, because black people would hide inside of piles of wood, and so it would to be an N word in a wood pile. Oh, to like I think escape. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sure. Uh, so this is like some you know derogatory phrasing to reference something that's hidden. I see. This person could have just said this in a very much more appropriate way, uh, but instead used it in this way. And this person got a lot of flack for it, appropriately. Mm -hmm. And anyways, this website was saying, it was just an accident, it's fine. Uh, Which ties into Bill Maher. Oh, Bill Maher. Bill Maher. The president, the white president of uh, declaring herself to have a hood pass. Whatever that even means. I think he's actually said that term. A black card uh, uh, with temporary in parentheses in front of that. Nah, man. All right. Uh, I want to talk about that video. So when Ice Cube regulated on him. But I've got some more thoughts. Oh, um, okay. So Break it down. for those of you who don't know, real quick, in 2017, yes, this year, Bill Maher used the N word on HBO. Just said it. Ain't no thing. Just dropped that word. To Nebraska, more. <laughs> You're welcome. We'd love to have you work in the fields with us. <laughs> work in the fields? That's part of that. That's... Senator, I'm a house nigger. <laughs> no, it's, it's a and he did not immediately apologize <laughs> for using the word. He later backtracked and was like, my bad. And probably said it with just as much genuineness as I just said. It was sort um, of a, I'm sorry if I hurt your feelings. It wasn't really, I'm sorry for what I said. Fuck that type of apology all day. Um, Okay. And so then Ice Cube was on his show and Ice Cube gave him a lot of feedback. Not dissimilar to some of the conversations we're having right now. I think it's a lot of guys out there who cross the line because they a little too familiar or they think they too familiar or it's guys that, you know, you might have a black girlfriend or two that made him some Kool-Aid every now and then, and they think they can cross the line, and they can't. You know, it's a word that has been used against us. It's like a knife, man. And you can use it as a weapon or you can use it as a tool. It's been used as a weapon against us by white people. And we're not gonna let that happen again by nobody because it's not cool and then so there was a black woman on the show Mm -hmm. simone sanders uh and so for those of you who don't know she was part of bernie sanders campaign she had a lot of things to say a lot of really important and poignant things and specifically tying her experience you could see her getting emotional about the topic like really laying into Mar about how fucked up it was. I mean, I agree with what Ice Cube said, but furthermore, I also think it's about the context in which the joke was made. Like, we know you apologize, but in the context, you were, you essentially, by referring to yourself as a house anything, you attempted to whitewash who was really enslaved in the house, you know, as a white person in America, you would have been the master, the slave owner, not someone enslaved in the house. And it was mostly black women who were enslaved in the house, who were raped, who were beaten daily, day in and day out. They endured physical and mental abuse. And so for a lot of people in America, that was like a slap in the face to black America, particularly to black women. And so I'm with Ice Cube and Dr. Dyson. This is a teachable moment. And in this teachable moment, we have to talk about just educating and taking He didn't even acknowledge that she talked. And turned to Ice Cube and said, so we should probably talk about your record. <laughs> and this is what this is what bothers me is so that then Ice Cube doesn't really think twice about it. Because I think in his head he was like, yeah, I said my piece. She said her piece. Like, yeah, let's talk about my record. Yep. But he ended up being complicit in this interaction of which a white man once again dominates over Shut a woman down. of color 
who was making a point that was so important that like it should have overshadowed everything else and yet even a discussion about his inappropriate use of the n-word could not stop him from continuing on with this show no no i mean bill maher is pretty notorious for uh i would what i would deem to be chauvinistic behavior under the guise of i'm the host of this show and i can do whatever i want he he shuts women down all the time on that show and that's part of the reason i don't watch it anymore uh, so I wasn't surprised to see that, I guess is my point. Um, even even in the midst of uh, a kerfuffle, is probably how he would describe it, because it wasn't that serious. It wasn't really uh, drama or... Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't even call it a controversy necessarily, because he's in such a, a powerful position on that network and in that platform that he addresses it to placate and then can move on without consequence. Clearly, his show's still on. No one's brought it up since that episode. I think it's like the epitome of white privilege. White male privilege, to be more specific. Yeah, that's a recurring theme in this episode, isn't it? Yeah. Hmm. Wonder where that could be. <laughs> because, I mean, and I think this ties into, like, white privilege being a huge part of the contributing problem when it comes to the N-word and its use and its pervasiveness today. Because... At the end of the day, you and I wouldn't be having this conversation if white people just said, yeah, you're right, this is fucked up, we'll stop. That's true. So why do you think they don't do that? It's a good question. It is, isn't it? It's a great question. And I think, so this ends up tying back into how, so almost all the think pieces that I read um, on the N-word, most of them are written by um, black people. One, the person who was commenting on NAV was a woman of uh, South Asian descent. Um, But largely people of color commenting on the N-word, having discussions about the N-word. It's the problems with it the benefits of it, of adopting the word, of turning it into this positive message. Um, But at the end of the day, the debate only comes up because white people can't stop using it. Uh, Because if, if we were, if, if, sorry. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Well, actually no. If, if we as a society could get white people to stop abusing their power, um, (laughs) there would be a lot less problems. Uh, But, (laughs) <laughs> to to well go said. even further, to like if if the black community did not have to deal with the white community not understanding and abusing this desire to be able to be in all, on all things, we wouldn't we wouldn't need to have this conversation because white people would have oh they get it they realize that the n word is problematic when they use it and they're gonna let us have it and then it would just be and then it would just be the black community's word. And they could purpose it the way they would like, um, which which is exactly you know when I think about this and I think about hip hop's history, that was exactly hip hop's goal, and they actually have been successful within the black community in repurposing that word. That is, at least as far as I'm aware, is no longer um, a word associated with pain within the black community. Right. But as soon as a white person says it, they fuck it all up. Mm-hmm. It all um, comes right back. This is why I love that um, Ta-Nehisi Coates video that came out recently. Because he Preach. he summed up everything that I would hope that black folks are saying to people who ask them. I know I certainly have been for a very long time. Which is, it's just hard for white folks to grasp the idea that not everything is for them. They're, they just think that if it exists in America... It's for everyone, which they actually mean is for them. And it's difficult for them to put themselves in the positions of every other group in this country, which is like, there are spaces that you're not allowed into uh, for one reason or another, and you have to accept that. And that, that's, just not, that's just not something that white people are willing to do. And I'm not exactly sure how to circumvent that. Um, uh, I mean, we're... As a society, we're handling the issue of how to convince white people to step down from privilege 
and to distribute it to the rest of the country. And I think this issue is a microcosm of that. I, I think we're asking mostly pretty nicely, I would say, of like, listen, what you're saying is hurtful. That's what it boils down to. What you're saying is hurtful to us. Please stop it. And they're saying, no, <laughs> but we don't want to because um, we like how it sounds. So, yeah. You're saying it, so I can see it too. Yeah, like that's not really fair. I feel like I'm <laughs> being made by doing some whatever impression I'm doing. But um, but no, it's, it's doubly odd because hip hop itself is born as an expression to exercise pain. And where does black pain in America come from? It comes from the same history that that word comes from. So it, it blows my mind that people think they can, they can take artifacts of hip hop culture and repurpose them as outsiders and totally ignore what the origin is. And I don't really know how to fix that. And which is like the very definition of like appropriation. I think thinking about this as like a microcosm of like white privilege um, is really useful and also speaks on the same problems we have when we think about wealth inequality. I'm glad you brought that up because I want to ground our conversation in rap music because this could go on forever and ever if we just pontificate about what's wrong with white people. Um, Shout out to all my white people listening to this podcast. It goes back to what I was saying about people from certain communities who are given access to certain things. And again, in, in listening to what people have to say about why they've given certain white people passes to do things, there is um, some prevailing idea of they grow up in a certain neighborhood and because they were also poor, the person who's speaking feels that there is some sort of affinity because we're both from a poor neighborhood and we have a similar experience uh, economically. So we're inviting you into this cultural space for now. And then, like, let's say, take, for example, someone like um, the white girl mob, which which were a thing like five years ago. They're not a thing anymore uh, in the Bay Area. They use the N-word. And uh, part of that is because they grew up in the same neighborhood as a group of black people who allowed them to express themselves in that way. And then when they blew up and used those words in a public space, uh, black folks were not having it. Not even just black folks, but people who weren't from that community saying, you're not, that's not cool. E- even white people were calling them on it because they're like, whoa, 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 whoa. we don't get to say that. Whoa, whoa, why do you get to say that? And that creates a whole separate problem, which, you know, whether or not they're policing it for the right reasons, I'm glad that they are. But so you have white girl mob as an example of people who used it. Then you have even someone like Eminem, another favorite of the podcast. Uh, Jay was just talking to me before the pod about how Nas shouted him out on a song saying like, it's cool that Eminem uses the N-word because he's my N-word. And it's like, Eminem himself has said like, no, I actually can't use that word. Like I did in a song like forever ago. I'm really sorry about that, guys. Like you were never supposed to hear that. I don't say that because it's not cool. Eminem gets why he shouldn't do it. But again, he got permission because he's a part of a subculture and that is you know an elite rapper so someone like Nas can be like no that's cool man but what Nas doesn't get and the people who were uh, emboldening white girl mob or people who are gassing up post Malone or you know insert white rapper or white musician here it doesn't speak for everyone what they're saying is it's okay in the space that I'm inviting you into but don't think you can just go on the internet and like post a snapchat of you saying something crazy for the world to see and that that's going to be okay because it's not well put the Eminem thing, I do want to say, so he has explicitly said he is not okay with saying that word, and he knows that. And I think that Eminem actually, then, then in, this, in this way, actually represents something that the rest of white people can't. And this is where Eminem's a little bit woke. Mm. Um, he's not that woke, but it seems like he's getting woke or something. I don't know what's happening to him right now. Um, but... So to get specific, so like, you know, for those of you who don't know, Eminem, you know, put out this, uh, the source put out this old, like, audio of Eminem after a breakup where he used the N-word to reference. Uh, just for the record, the source is a hip-hop magazine that is now defunct, that you may or may not know about. It was very prominent in, uh, in the 90s and early 2000s as far as letting people know what was good music and what was not. 
And M admitted that he used it a couple times around that age and quickly stopped. I can imagine that M was probably invited into the space by like people like Proof and Bazaar and um, Mr. Porter. Um, Economic background. Very yep. similar. Yep. Same poor neighborhood. Yep. Passes are given out pretty Passes frequently. Passes are given out. Um, and I think Eminem nonetheless recognized how problematic it was. Even as a song. Um, to fuck you up quicker than you want to fuck me for saying the word. It actually took me a really long time to realize that, that he was not saying something there. Um, oh. I was completely ignorant. I didn't, I didn't know. I just thought that was a rhyme. Um, and like he, like that was the end of the line. Um, I know that's when M was trying. Oh, those days. Man, Eminem. Oh, <laughs> back in that, back in those days. Okay. Anyways, man. the point being made though, is that if someone is prominent and powerful as Eminem can understand, acknowledge, empathize and refrain from the use of the N word, despite being invited by arguably some of the biggest voices in the black community, I think Snoop's invited him into that community. Yeah. Nas has invited him into that community. He's got a Dre co-sign. I mean, if anyone would be given the clear M would, I would bet so much money that he listens to hip hop and does not rap along and say the N word. I think that's probably true. I think he takes it pretty seriously. I mean, his music would certainly back that up. I mean, he's been saying for years that like, listen, I'm only as big as I am because I'm white, y'all, and it's messed up because my homies are hustling just as hard as me, but because I got these blue eyes and this blonde top, like, yo, y'all want me. It's wrong. Which is why it's hilarious to see Trump supporters, like, freaking about, freaking out about Eminem being woke. Yeah. Like, he put out a song called White America in 2001. Where you been? He did. Yeah, it's just odd to me that anybody who supports Trump would think that Eminem was down with anything they believe in, because, I mean... He wasn't even down with Bush, and he was a lot uh, a lot less conservative than uh, Donald Trump is. Anyway, um, I think it's actually going to wind up being four straight pods with Eminem, because I think the next one is going to be talking about Revival. So, guys. We shouldn't do it. We shouldn't talk about Revival. There's going to be too much pain. It's funny, because our first question on this pod was, is Eminem relevant? And uh, he seems to have become way more relevant in our lives as a result of that podcast. I think, though, so that it's one thing... Not to completely change the topic, but... Um, <laughs> We're circling back, I promise. Being a prominent part of discourse does not necessarily mean you're relevant. Um, it means that it's worth talking about because you represent something important happening, but that doesn't mean you're relevant. I feel like you just define relevance. Yeah, I think I did. <laughs> and then I said, that's, that's not what relevance is. I'm redefining the dictionary, Patrick. <laughs> okay okay let's <laughs> we're we're going off we're spinning we're spinning away um so why don't we i would like to end it kind of where we started actually which is with your personal experience so i wanted to hear more about how you decided to stop using it how you have engaged with uh your friend group to talk about its usage whether or not they still do it and why, how those two ideas have conflicted with each other, et cetera, et cetera. All right, let's get personal. Do it. So, um, this started happening as I got more and more invested in my own, like, research into diversity. Um, and then I was like, hold up. What have I been doing? <laughs> um, I will say that, like, so yeah, I, w I would wrap along with the N-word. That, that had been happening for a long time. And then um, as my friends started using it and I was like, okay, I guess this is a thing we're doing. I honestly don't remember when I started. I wish I did. And I wish I remember like what went through my head when I started adopting that use in that way. Um, I remember my, I think my brother and maybe somebody else on Facebook, like, Back when I was, I don't know, in college, them posting on Facebook and using the N-word with each other on Facebook. And I was like, well, this is all fucked up. What are you doing? Stop that right now. Um, and I, they were kids who like didn't understand anything. Um, 
but it still was like, oh, this tastes weird in my mouth. Um, what's going on here? And yet somehow the space of like the in-person being with my friends would like draw that out of me um, and it drew it out of them and they would use that word in that way. It was the only space in which I used it. Um, and it was, I never really reflected on it. Um, Did you know any black people at that point in your life? I did, and no no black person had invited me into their community to, like, partake in the use of the N-word. Uh, I think I mentioned to you, so I think one of my friends said he had been. One or two of them said that they had been. Um, but, I mean, how long that past lasts, and, like, again, it's all, it's all about context, right? So you can use it in that community, but you can't walk out of that community and keep using it. Uh, but, but that's what happened. Um, and so... It's been interesting. So I recently have been really strict with my friends around their use of the word gay in a derogatory way. Um, And uh, so that's another word that like, well, gay has an interesting trajectory, but the gay community has like taken back. Um, That word is now theirs um, and has, you know, positive connotations about gay relationships and being a gay person and being out and proud. And I've really gotten the case with my friends about the use of that word in a derogatory way. And one of my friends had asked me, what about the N word? Um, like with us, like these guys use the N word. He was like, he was telling me directly cause he knows like I'm the social justice warrior or whatever. And at the time, this was a while ago, I was like, I don't know how I feel about that yet. I'm, I haven't like formulated my thoughts. I formulated them now. Let's hear them. It's not okay, y'all. Um, <laughs> for all which, of you not listening, it's not okay. For all of you not listening, it's not okay. Stop I it. think that if we had been invited into the community, it would be a totally different thing. Uh, but we weren't and we aren't. And as we talked about, there's a lot of pain. And I think I mentioned earlier, I hate that I'm talking so much, um, but I mentioned earlier that there's this like black white country that we live in and that like as people of immigrant descent there, it was hard to know where we fit in our ignorance towards the N word, the use of the N word feels more like a reflection of white privilege Mm -hmm. um, than, than anything else. Uh, And that's a problem. Um, I like, I like the way that you phrase it as uh the black and white country that you're stepping into because really you're entering a war that's been going on for centuries and your behavior, whether or not you know it is dictating which side you're choosing. And by using language that is hurtful to one side, you're basically saying like, listen, white folks, I hear you, man. We should be able to use it. Right? Like they're being a little exclusive with that stuff. A little stingy. Yeah. Let's, let's take a little something, something. And that's not cool because on the other hand, they're trying to like take the good stuff from the black side and like, Oh, but that rap is so cold though. I love it. You know? And that's not right. Which actually, and so this is the other reason why it's fucked up and not okay. Um, like I mentioned to you earlier, I went to this anti-black racism in Asian Americans workshop and That's relevant because I think by definition, when we are part of a community that misunderstands and actively discriminates against the black community, we are doing nothing but appropriating and taking away from the community and the culture. And for that added reason, it's even more not okay. And I guarantee that because of cultural restraints within our own community no one's going back home and trying to like fight those preconceived notions that our parents are holding and that's a problem too um and so again like taking black culture trying to profit from it and not giving back and not uh being part of it i just want to emphasize that uh there's so much black racism in the asian community that you're going to a workshop but anti-black racism so I i think that's uh pretty interesting (laughs) we're trying to fight it keep fighting the good fight man um we need you guys out there so we appreciate it seriously all right conclusions white people you don't get to use the n-word yeah i think it's a fair conclusion period white people when you're listening to hip-hop still not okay
just in case you didn't get that from the period before. <laughs> that was implied by the period, yeah, I think, just to make everything that okay. Brown people of my brown, South Asian brown, Latino brown too. Yeah. Um, we don't get to use the N-word. Sorry to take that away, but we don't get it. I think it's actually a really cool opportunity that's being wasted, to tell you the truth, by other minority communities to bring experiences to the culture that are unique to them instead of trying to fit in to what black rappers are doing i think there's a really a really wide open lane for artists of different shades of brown to be like yo but this is us though you know and that's why i love that 2017 has sort of been the year of south asian emergence in pop culture because there's that's the kind of the kind of lane that i'm talking about of like Yo, there's different kinds, like racism is prevalent in America and it has different flavors, man. And here's a flavor that's happening to us. And here's things that we're going through based on the same system of oppression that hurt other people. You don't got to say the N word just cause, you know, that's our lane. I wish it weren't, but it is. I think we need to accept that. Shout out to Hassan and Kumail. Aziz, you cool, but you're not really hitting those topics. It's cool. Uh, yeah. I love you, man. I'm pulling for Aziz in 2018. I think I think he's ready for a reckoning. Aziz is on point. That's he's cool. Dude. He's just yeah. Right. And shout out to future Patrick, who's homies with Aziz, who's like, bro, go listen to that episode we talked about you yeah. in our podcast. <laughs> Can you introduce me, future Patrick? You, you've already met. Jay's in the room right now. We're all kicking it. Future Jay, you know what the deal is. <laughs> all right so i think um we've gone on long long enough racism it was not going to be solved for this conversation the uh the n-word is still going to be used by white people no matter what we just said during this hour um but all i would say is that if you're someone who's listening to this and you enter a conversation with someone about this topic that you you don't shy away from a difficult conversation because it's a hard one to have. You know, I've been in ones that are very difficult. So I, I guess I'm just praying that you you have the courage to to stand up for people who aren't in the room. Racism still alive. They just be concealing it. Shout out to Kanye. That Kanye episode's coming real soon, I promise y'all. That's anyway, a wrap. That's a wrap for Brown Kids. We'll catch you around for episode four, which may or may not be an Eminem album review. We'll talk about it. Peace. Peace out, y'all. Yo, check this out. A lot of people be getting mad because I use the word nigga. You know what I'm saying? They don't like the fact that I use the word nigga. They say, you a black man. Yo, I tell them I'm a nigga. They don't understand that. So I'm going to say what I want to say. I call myself what I want to call myself. You know what I'm saying? They need to stay off my dick, you know? Damn right, I'm a nigga. And I don't care what you are Cause I'm a capital N-I-double-G-E-R Black people might get mad Cause they don't see that they're looked upon as a nigga Just like me, I'm a nigga Not a colored man or a black Or a negro or Afro-American, I'm all that Yes, I was born in America True, the South Central look like America to you I'm a nigga, a stand-up nigga from a hard school Whatever you are, I don't care, that is you, fool I'm loud and proud, willing to die with a big beat Out on the corner, I hang out like a horse thief So you can call me dumb or crazy Ignorant, stupid, inferior, or lazy Silly or foolish, but I'm bad and bigger And most of all, I'm a straight-up nigga Nigga, nigga That's right, I'm a nigga, you know what I'm saying? My man Lord Finesse is my motherfucking nigga, you know? Evil is my nigga, Islam's my nigga That's right, they're my niggas